This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earnin today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 69. This episode of the Shameless Mom Academy is sponsored by Ava, the first ever adaptive eating program. Ava helps you and your family learn about nutrition and how to live a healthier lifestyle. Track what you eat by snapping a picture with your phone, ask Ava any nutrition question, and get personalized meal recommendations. You can try it now for free by texting SHAMELESS to 48799. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to bridge the gap between motherhood and living the life of your dreams. I'm also here to help you be a little more shameless every day, because if you aren't building a life you're extraordinarily proud of, what kind of legacy are you building? So let's dive in. Hey, shameless moms. How are you today? I hope that you are sitting somewhere really relaxing and all by yourself while you listen to this, because that's every mother's dream, right? To just have more time alone. That's my dream at least. And I actually have a lot of time alone already. So I have to tell you about this funny thing that just happened right before I started recording. Does anyone else have rituals around like when you sit down to your computer? So when I sit down to my computer, I have a very hard time just diving into a work thing, like starting to record. For example, instead of starting to record right away or like diving right into notes about an upcoming episode that I want to do, I will often find like 18 things to do before I get to the one thing I really sat down for. So it'll be usually a loop of checking email, checking Facebook, checking people.com. And then by the time I'm done with all those, then I just go back to email because like there's something new in my inbox by then, right? And I actually have had conversations with people recently about how I really want to rein in this behavior. And so today, and I've been thinking about it and I've been trying to be like, more aware of it and starting to minimize it a little bit. So today I just sat down on my computer to start recording and I was like, oh yeah, I wanted to order that t-shirt off Etsy. By the way, my such a nasty woman t-shirt is what I wanted to go order. 
So I go to Etsy and like, it keeps saying that like the server is not responding or something. And I'm like, what? So then I think my internet is down because internet at our house can be super annoying sometimes. I swear it's like haunted or something. So I'm like, okay, obviously like something's wrong with our internet. But then I'm like, wait, like I'm getting Facebook notifications right now. I'm so confused. So then I'm like, okay, I won't do Etsy right now. So I'll just go over to people.com, you know, get caught up on all my news. And so I go to people.com and like, I get the same thing. Like the server is not responding. Like, what the heck? And then I go to my inbox and I'm like getting emails. Like, how am I getting emails and getting Facebook? But I'm not getting, I was so confused. So luckily, while I was on Facebook, someone mentioned that there had been a big cyber attack and that a bunch of sites were down. So I think that's why I couldn't get on Etsy or on People because they must be impacted by this big cyber attack. So I know nothing about this. I think this is like breaking news as we speak. So by the time this airs, it'll be done and over with, I hope. But I was laughing because I was thinking, here I was thinking like the universe is screaming at me, like don't waste your time doing stupid things or don't waste your time on frivolous tasks when you really sat down to work because the frivolous tasks that I wanted to engage in like were not available to me. And then I find out that there's a cyber attack and it's not the universe talking to me. Or maybe the universe is speaking to me through a cyber attack. At any rate, I'm happy to be here today and I'm happy to be here probably a half hour earlier than I would have otherwise been if those sites had been able to distract me. So yay, that means I'll be done a little earlier and get to eat some lunch soon. So I'm looking forward to that. So I want to follow up with, I did a Facebook Live last night. So today's Friday. This will air on Monday. So this will be airing in a few days. But I wanted to do a follow up on kind of what I teased on the Facebook Live episode last night. So last night on Facebook Live, I talked about some mama bear moments that I've had this week where like my protective instincts have come out strong, like raging, screaming, unable to sleep, you know, like sick to my stomach, anxiety inducing kind of mama instincts. So I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But I teased this on the Facebook Live last night because we were talking about how to unfunk yourself. And so I was talking about how I've been in two situations this week, which like really got me sucked in and really got me like my wheels spinning. And I had a hard time letting go. And especially the first one, which is the one I'm going to talk about most today. So I talked a little bit about them on Facebook Live. If you want to go back and watch that video, you can. You can do that over on Facebook at the Shameless Mom Academy. And just know that I am doing once a week. This is not a scheduled like regular event at this time. I don't have it scheduled on the same night each week, but I am doing one night each week and I'm always announcing it in advance. I'm trying to announce it like that afternoon. So not too much notice, but a little bit. I'm announcing when we're going to do it. So we're doing Facebook Live happy hours. Okay, so here are the rules. You show up with your glass of wine and we chat. So fun, right? So I've done this two weeks in a row now. Loved it. Also, I didn't realize this was a brilliant strategy until I did it, but both times I did it during in the evening here at our house. I know that's depending on where you are in the world. It might not have been the evening at your house, but I do it in the evening at my house. So like last night I got out of preparing dinner and when I did it two weeks ago, I got out of bedtime. So it's kind of brilliant, right? I'm like, oh, hey, honey, I have to go do a call for work. I just call it a call. It's like the same thing. I'm providing valuable content so I can call it like whatever I want to call it. It's work, but it's so fun. So I get to sit with a glass of wine and chat with you guys on Facebook, give you some great content, give you something you know thought-provoking, hopefully somewhat inspiring to think about while you're making dinner, after you get your kids in bed, whenever it might be convenient for you. So just know that those videos that we've already done are over on the Facebook page and you can check them out at any time and I'll continue to do them. So keep an eye out for me. I'll always try to post earlier in the day to give you some warning. So you can go to the Shameless Mom Academy Facebook page. And I think if you turn on notifications for that page 
through your settings, you can make sure that you're actually getting the posts where I say like, here's the time we're going to do these happy hours. Because oftentimes on fan pages, you don't see everything in the feed that comes through in the feed. Like Facebook doesn't prioritize that content very often anymore. So you might have to go set your notifications a little bit differently. All right. So let's talk about my mama bear instincts. This has been kind of a rough week. So one of the things I talked to my members about on Monday, so my gym members here in Seattle, I have a great transformation group of women and one awesome guy going through my total body transformation program right now. So this is something that I offer at my gym here in Seattle. And during that program, I always do a couple different talks on different topics. And one of the things we always talk about is know thy triggers. It is so important. So in the context of that group, I talk about the importance of knowing like nutrition and food and lifestyle triggers. And so for them, it's often about like, you know, if you work in an office where your office mate has candy out on the desk, like, no, is that your trigger? If that triggers you to eat candy every single day, like you have to be really aware that like that is a trigger for me. Candy sitting out on a desk is a trigger. Or are you triggered that like if your child has a bad night that you are then triggered to have ice cream after you put them to bed? Or are you triggered by, you know, chaos in the family in the evening and that triggers you to drink wine? So you have to know what your triggers are, right? So here are my triggers. Just mama bear protective instincts about my kid. So feeling like my kid, and I'm sure this is like a trigger for any mom, but feeling like my kid is maybe not being really seen or heard for who he is, is one thing. And then another huge trigger for me is seeing men be dismissive, like denouncing toward women. Like, you know, if we're talking about like sexual assault and rape, like obviously like those are really grand gestures of horrible things toward women. Obviously, I'm very against that. But what really triggers me is like really subtle ways of men degrading women. So that happened this week on Facebook. And I think we all know that no one ever wins a Facebook war, which is why I never engage in Facebook wars, but I engaged this week. Like I haven't done this in years. So I'm going to tell you guys all about what happened there. I wish I didn't engage and I'll tell you why. I'm proud of the message I put out there. I just don't know that it was the best use of my time because like I said, no one ever wins a Facebook war. So I certainly like this person never got my point. So I don't know that it was really a valuable use of my time and energy because it took time and energy from other areas of my life as I was distracted by this. And I'll talk more deeply about that in a minute. So let's start with mama bear instincts around your child. So we're doing ballet. You guys may be seeing, I put a picture on Facebook last night of Vinny. He looks so cute when he's all dressed up for ballet. He's in his little leotard and First of all, the leotards, they're apparently unisex, but they're super girly looking, which I don't care at all. And Vinny doesn't care if he looks like a girl. I don't care if he looks like a girl. He looks so cute. <laughs> it's like this big scoop neck leotard. It's hilarious. And it's so cute. And then he has his little white ballet slippers. And it's just the cutest thing. So when we started with this, he was super excited about it, super into it. The place we're doing ballet, it's like the most formal place to do ballet in Seattle. So And I knew going into it that it was like probably a little more formal than he needed. And I was a little worried it might be more formal than he'd be comfortable with because of some of like the expectations that might be there. But I was like, we're going to try it and see. And I got him really excited about it. You know, once he had like his leotard and his shoes and everything, he was like all in. So then we show up and this is like in the first class at the beginning of September and parents can't go in the room. And I knew that in advance. And I talked to him a little bit about it. Parents can't go in the room. So this has been an ongoing issue that the teacher picks up the kids in the lobby of the ballet school and then walks them in a line down to the classroom and they close the classroom door and parents can't come in, parents can't see in. There's like this divide of the door, right? So this threshold for Vinny is like the biggest deal. 
So he's like fine in the lobby. He can walk down the hall. He always wants me to walk with him down the hall. So parents are allowed to walk down the hall. But then like once the kids walk in the room, like parents can't come in the room, the door gets closed. Okay, so we get down to the room. This happens every week. We get down to the room. The whole class walks into the classroom. The teacher walks into the classroom and Vinny refuses to walk into the classroom. And then there is this like long repetitive cycle of him saying that he's going to go in and then not going in and then crying and then saying he's scared and then saying he's going to go in and then not going in and crying he's saying he's scared. And it's this like emotional meltdown. And it starts with like, just kind of like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And then it like ends usually in hysteria. So up till this week, I've been able to get him to go in every time. And then he gets, goes in and he has a great time and he loves it. And then he comes out after class. He's like all smiles and skipping down the hall and like doing his galloping that they've been practicing and like all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, like you just have to go in. Like once you go in, it's fine. So he this week would not go in the classroom. And we tried three different times. The teacher had closed the door. So the teacher has this rule about the door has to be closed because it's distracting to the kids if the door is open. So she closed the door while Vinny was still trying to figure out how he was going to get across this threshold. And then like we talked it through. I thought we were ready to go. I opened the door for him to go in and he immediately lost it again and starts crying like hysterical. He's like holding my hand. He's inside the classroom. I'm outside the classroom. He won't let go of my hand. He won't let me close the door. So we try this three separate times and like the exact same result all three times. So after the second time I said, okay, Vinny, then we're just going to go home. And then he like lost it even more. He was like, I don't want to go home. I don't want to go home. It's like he doesn't want to go in, but he doesn't want to go home. He's just like caught in this place. Okay. So this is, this is my really anxious little kid. And I get frustrated with this, but I also like, I feel bad for him. I mean, first of all, he's my kid, but like, also like, I know that like transition is really hard for him. I know that situations where he can't visually see me are really hard for him. He just has this anxious personality. And especially when there's things unknown and he doesn't feel like he can get out or whatever. And so this door just represents this like huge barrier for him. So I feel like the teacher has not been very sensitive to that. Granted, she does not know that I, my child has issues with separation or with anxiety, although she probably can see just by watching his behavior. And I just feel like she has not really like made any sort of accommodations for that. And instead, it's been very much like, are you ready to come in? I need to close the door. We're distracted because the door is open. And it's just this really uncomfortable conversation about like my four-year-old standing there crying, saying that he's scared. So the whole thing just rubs me the wrong way. So this week we left. And then I got a phone call from the school asking about like if us coming to class late, why Vinny is having a hard time transitioning. And I was like, what? Like we aren't getting there late. This episode is supported by Air Doctor. You probably don't know that Americans take in about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors. The indoor air that we breathe can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause upper respiratory symptoms like sneezing, coughing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. So what's the solution? Introducing Air Doctor, the air purifier that filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants so your lungs don't have to. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. I am so excited that we just got our own Air Doctor for our house, and we will have it all up and running and ready to go in time for all the things that come with spring weather, but also smoke season, which is just around the corner for those of us in the Pacific Northwest. And I know many of you across the country. So here's how you can get your own Air Doctor. First of all, Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. 
Head to airdoctorpro.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS and you'll receive up to $300 off of air purifiers. Exclusive to our podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro, A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com and use the promo code SHAMELESS. That's airdoctorpro.com, code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This week, we entered the classroom a little bit or tried to enter the classroom a little bit late because he was standing waiting for his friend who's the only other boy. And they had arrived a little bit late, which like no big deal if someone's late every now and then, no big deal. But we like did walk down to the classroom late this week, but that's like the only time, all the other times we've walked down. So whatever. So I'm like, not only am I already feeling frustrated by the situation with the teacher, but then like we're going to be like, well, you know, because you guys are always late. So maybe if you could come on time, this transition would be easier. And I was like, what? Like we're, We've never been late. So I just, oh, it was like the worst feeling to me. And I felt so protective of my child, so defensive about like how the whole thing was being handled. And I was like, you know what? We don't need to come back. Like maybe this is just not the right fit. You know, I feel like my child's needs aren't being met. I actually have my child, you know, seen an occupational therapist for anxiety. We were there this morning. We talked through a plan about how we could go to ballet next week and be more successful. And you don't even know any of that because you haven't made an effort to like have a conversation with me about this. You're just really worried about the door getting closed all the time. And so, you know, then the conversation kind of went into like, okay, like, here's what we can do. And like, let's try it again. And me saying that, like, I really would like to end this experience with another attempt in him being successful, even if we only do it one more time and he's successful one more time and we never come back. So there's only three classes left. So we're going to try again next week. But oh, those mama bear instincts, like, man, they're strong. And that feeling of like having to advocate for your child, which I'm sure so many of you had to do in different ways and many probably in much grander ways than I've had to in this particular situation. But that feeling of just like, 
you don't know me. You don't know my child. Like, how dare you? Oh, it's just, so, so that was like the first thing this week that really kind of got me going and like got me in that defensive mode and really calls into question. And here's what happens. Like I start calling into question, like, what do I stand for? Because I think when I feel doubted or like, I feel like my child's being doubted, I'm like, what do I stand for? Like I stand for children. I stand for inclusiveness. I stand for like knowing the full story. I stand for asking questions and like challenging regulations sometimes, like making exceptions to rules. Like those are all things that I stand for. Because when you do those things, you can actually meet more people's needs and you can actually like help more people and be supportive of more people and be more supportive of different people's processes and stuff, which is like so the opposite of a ballet school where there is really like such a push for everyone to be identical and exactly the same and follow some really rigid guidelines where there's like no deviation. And I understand there's reasons for that, but it kind of like it goes against some of the things that I stand for. And I'm telling you what I stand for because this is going to become really key in a minute when I talk about the next incident. So this has just been one of those situations that's taken a lot of thought this week from me and also a lot of just mental energy. Think and like, why am I like, should we not go back? You know, what does it mean if we don't go back? Like, am I just pursuing this because of something I want or because I want to make it right? Because I like to make things right. I like to make things better. I like to prove that I can do something. And am I like using my child as a pawn in that? So a lot of thinking around that, right? Before we move on and things get a little, okay, maybe a lot more heated in this episode, let's go ahead and learn about our sponsor today. Mamas, I am so excited to tell you about my new friend, Ava. So Ava is the first ever healthy eating assistant that helps you and your family learn about nutrition and how to live a healthier lifestyle. What's so cool about it though, is it's a lot different than other nutrition software or programs you might've used where you have to like enter a lot of data. Ava works on a model where you can just take pictures with your phone and send the pictures over to Ava. And then she tells you how many calories and how many macronutrients are in your food. So this is so powerful because who has time for calorie counting all the time? Like calorie counting can be really helpful if it's not a massively consuming endeavor. And oftentimes it's a massively consuming endeavor. So with Ava, you send over your pictures, you get data back quickly, and then you can see like, oh, this is what I should eat, or this is how much of it I should eat, or this is how where my macronutrients are missing today. So maybe I need to add some protein here, some fat there. This is perfect for one of the things I talk about with my clients all the time is try to get in 20 to 30 grams of protein with breakfast every day, because that fuels your whole day. And it impacts, if you get in that protein at breakfast, it impacts how you eat the whole rest of the day. So if you don't get enough protein with breakfast, you're likely to crave sugar most of the day and well into the evening. If you get a lot of protein at breakfast, you are much more likely to eat a healthier lunch and you just keep a healthier path throughout the day, which minimizes sugar cravings later in the day. It minimizes crashing blood sugar crashes later in the day. So I'm so excited about this ability to just snap a picture, ask Ava for advice, and then be able to make a decision based on that. So it's like having a nutritionist in your pocket. So cool, right? So I want you to go check out Ava. They've set up a free deal for us. So you can go check out Ava for free by texting SHAMELESS to 48799. And you can go ahead and get connected with Ava yourself. You can play around with her, get some information, start asking questions, and learn how Ava can help you eat healthier and make healthier choices quickly, easily, and starting right away. Okay, so We'll jump over now to my other mama bear instinct this week. So this one was on Sunday night. I'm scrolling through Facebook as one does. And of course, it's like, you know, so much political stuff right now. And I actually, I'm really careful about my newsfeed. And so I unfriend and unfollow pretty regularly 
when there's things that just like, I know we're going to consume energy that I would rather put towards something positive. So that's not to say that like, just because you have a different stance than me, I'm going to unfriend, unfollow you. I don't think, you know, I believe in exposing yourself to different points of view. But I also believe like in this political thing, like I want to get my news from the news rather than getting sucked into like Facebook drama over politics. So I'm getting my news from the news and really like unfollowing a lot of people and a lot of groups that are just like rubbing me the wrong way. Again, like being energy sucks and making me feel like I want to engage in ways that I know are not healthy for me with my personality type. So on Sunday night, I'm scrolling through Facebook and I see this meme about the women who have come forward accusing Donald Trump of sexual assault. And it says something along the lines of like, interesting how these women are claiming these things happened 30 years ago, yet they only seem to remember them in the three weeks before the election. So in my mind, maybe this is just me. If you think I'm totally wrong, let me know. If you think I'm totally right, let me know. So in my mind, that is completely dismissing women's stories and women's voices who have come forward to share sexual assault. And the amount of courage it takes to come forward with that kind of sensitive information, like the only thing that could be more terrifying than publicly sharing a story like that would be to actually be enduring the situation. So I'm guessing that for a woman who has been in this situation, the first most terrifying thing was when it actually happened. The second most terrifying thing is probably for sure going to be when you share it on a national platform, right? So I feel that it is just super inappropriate, regardless of your political opinion. I don't care if you support Trump or you support Clinton. I just feel it's super inappropriate to dismiss those stories and dismiss those women. Like attack these candidates any other way, but don't be dismissive of women. Like that's just horrifying to me. So I see this meme and it's from a fellow fitness professional and I know that he's married. I know he has daughters. And so initially I unfriend and I'm like, I'm just going to leave it at that. And then like a couple hours later, I'm like still like stewing over this whole thing. I'm like, I can't, I can't leave it at that. So then I go back to the post. I've unfriended him, but I go back to his page. And a bunch of people in the meantime have commented like in support of this. And it's and the comments in support are not necessarily in support of like saying that these women are making up lies, but it was more like in support of like how horrendous Hillary Clinton is, which I would have totally expected from that kind of a post that like people are going to be siding with Trump and saying that he's, you know, God's gift to the world and all these things that, oh my God, I can't even like, it's just not my political beliefs, but whatever. Like, again, I'm not there to comment on that. No one says anything about like defending these women. So I say, in my words, were very similar to this. Like, I find it horrifying that someone, a married man with daughters, would like be dismissive and doubtful of women who have endured sexual assault. As you can imagine, that comment was not well received. So <laughs> I left the comment, and then I went about doing some other things. And then I see that I have a notification that the person who posted the meme has now replied to my comment. And his first comment had a lot of things to do with like how Hillary Clinton is a liar. And I was like, I didn't say anything about Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump in my comment. My comment was exclusively about how we like the conversation around being dismissive of women in this post. My conversation was not about politics. And so I said that in my comment, I said, actually, I said, I'm not this isn't about political sides at all. This is just about this conversation about women and how terrifying it is to come forward with the story of sexual assault and how you know, the only thing more terrifying would be actually enduring the sexual assault. And so I find it like, it makes me really shocked to see a meme like this and shocked to see people supportive of this kind of attitude and this kind of opinion. 
And so then he comments again. His final comment said something about like, you know, I know he was very offended by what I said about him being a husband and a father and posting something like this. So it was something about expressing being offended by my comments about judging his character. And then the hashtag love thy neighbor. So I didn't comment. I went to bed. I actually typed something in and then I delete. I was like, no, I'm not going to post. I'm just, I deleted it. And I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. And I didn't sleep very well. And I was thinking about it during the night. I woke up the next morning thinking about it. And like during my workout, I was thinking about it. And then interestingly, like some women commented on my comments as well in support of the meme, which I thought was interesting. And again, it was more about the political piece. But like, I thought it was just really interesting that like no other women on this post commented acknowledging anything about how this kind of attitude is an implication in rape culture in my mind. And just like such a horrifying attitude and thing to say. And like, again, like say what you want about the political candidates and like attack whatever you want to about their character. But I just, yeah, to pass judgment on women who are coming forward with stories of sexual assault, even if you don't believe them or whatever, like it's just really touchy. Like don't pass judgment on these women because of the message it sends about rape culture and the message it sends about men expressing their thoughts about women sharing their stories. It's not okay. So I get up the next morning and I haven't commented and I'm just thinking about this whole thing about love thy neighbor because I'm assuming his he meant that I should be more open to other people's political opinions. I think that's what that reference was to, that like I should love my neighbor no matter who they're going to vote for. And all I could think of was, wow, like love thy neighbor. You've just told these women who have shared their stories on an international level that what they say doesn't matter and that you aren't open to listening to them and their words maybe don't have value to you. Let's talk about love thy neighbor because I'm pretty sure me passing judgment on your post was like small scale in my inability to love thy neighbor compared to a statement about women sharing stories about sexual assault. So I didn't comment. I still haven't commented. I put up two posts on my personal page, like just expressing briefly sharing the story, just saying like, I saw this guy post this thing that was so offensive. Here's what it said. And here's what I, and I just want to, you know, make it really clear that I think this is so inappropriate and so offensive and how this contributes to rape culture and just the ongoing degradation of women. Right. And so his friends like come to the page, one of his friends, and it was like, obviously you don't know this man and like what he stands for in his character. Like, no, I don't know him. I He's in this fitness industry with me. I don't know him beyond that. But again, like, not my point. I'm sure he might be a lovely person. I'm sure he is. Like he appears to have this lovely family. I'm friends with his wife on Facebook, which is how I originally got connected to him. She seems so kind and so sweet. I'm sure he's a nice, loving, caring person. But sometimes we like say the wrong thing. And like sometimes we really like say things that are so inappropriate and offensive. And it's okay for me to be offended by that. And one of my big triggers is men mistreating women in any way. And I think that passing judgment and making comments and posting memes like that is mistreating women. So I understand that he was offended by my statement about, you know, a father and a husband making this kind of comment. I understand that he was offended by my judgment of the situation. This is one of my biggest triggers. And like, I will always stand up for women who I think are being mistreated in any way. And so whether it's like, you know, I'm walking down the street and I see something or I see something on Facebook, like I'm going to stand up for it. That's what I do. Like I've worked with women exclusively for 13 years now. And I can't tell you how many times women have come to me and told me stories of rape and incest and molestation and harassment and all sorts of things that are like 
their entire lives are shaped by these events. And then take out those big, huge, like milestone events and just look at like little things, like how a woman can be treated in the workplace with just little comments, little like subtle behaviors here and there. I know that for me, like I had a big discrepancy in pay with a male counterpart and I talked to some coworkers about it and I got called in to the CEO's office. HR was there to witness the conversation and I got told like if I didn't shut my mouth, I would lose my job. It was totally sexist behavior. And that has stuck with me. And I'm so mad that I did not push it harder because I had a good case and I know I like I had my ducks in a row. I had all the details and there's no reason that this person should have been making more money than me. But yet the second I said that out loud, it became a really big deal. And I got like shoved in a corner, not physically, but shoved in a corner in terms of like being really shut down by the CEO, a man, of course. And that wasn't okay. So I know that like there's these things like this where women are shut down on a regular basis or cat called on a regular basis or just talked to in a demeaning way or a degrading way or just passed over for certain opportunities. So there's all these things that happen with women and someone has to stand up for those things because these things, these events shape our experience in the world and they shape how we interact in the world. They shape how we see ourselves. They shape how we communicate. They shape how we raise our children. They shape how we carry ourselves. They shape everything that we do. So when women come into me in tears because they want to lose five pounds, 10 pounds, 30 pounds, 100 pounds, it's not about the weight. It's about that they feel horrible about themselves because people have been dismissive to them. People have been abusive to them in many, many different ways. And oftentimes the body image piece is a result of the events leading up to that where they have been dismissed in different ways or abused in different ways or doubted in different ways. So I will always, always, always stand up for women. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. This episode is supported by Nutrafol. Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about. 
So it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over 1 million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder. So if you are a heavy shedder or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. To get started, you can take their hair quiz on Nutrafol.com, which will give you a personalized health plan based on your special root causes. Nutrafol is committed to helping you identify root causes of any shedding or hair loss so that you can really start to rebuild healthy hair in a way that is customized to you. So take the first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code SHAMELESS. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to Nutrafol.com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. Nutrafol.com, code SHAMELESS. In any capacity that I can, and I don't care if it hurts a guy's feelings, like that's insignificant to me. And I will do it in the most respectful way possible. I understand this guy did not think I was being respectful, but I will do it in like the most respected and well-educated way that I can but I'm going to do it. And so that's that. Like that is a huge trigger for me. So back to knowing thy triggers, like that's a trigger for me. So I spent a lot of time and energy on this this week, as you can tell. And, you know, I felt like on Monday, I felt like I'm wasting my day because I'm so emotionally charged about this situation that I couldn't really focus on my work. But here's the thing. It's actually, this conversation is my work. So I decided, you know, I had this conversation with my gym folks on Monday night saying that like, you know, I got sucked into this negative situation and that took away a lot of time that I could be putting towards something positive and that like a good, you know, 24 to 48 hours where I just felt like I was a little out of sorts because I was offended. I didn't know quite how to react and then I didn't know quite how to recover. But now I've found in recovering throughout this week that actually, while this was a negative experience, it was actually a really good use of my time and energy because it's really made me sit and think like, what do I stand for? Why did I need to go to someone else's page and make a comment in defense of women? Why did I need to go to my own personal Facebook page and talk about the situation in defense of women? And so interestingly, on the presidential debates on Wednesday night, now we are throwing around the term nasty woman. And I'm like, you know, initially when it was said, I I laughed out loud, like, seriously, he just said that? Are you kidding me? But then to see what has happened as like a cultural shift as a result of that comment, which is exactly what I'm talking about, like little subtle comments that are said here and there under one's breath, ha, 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 whatever. Like, I want to call bullshit on the ha, 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 ha. So now we have a whole society of women embracing themselves as nasty women. So amen, sisters, for all you nasty women out there. And this forced me to sit down and take some time and look at what is a nasty woman? Why was that term used? What does that mean? Because while it was meant to be a put down, I think that there's so many ways that it was like such a huge compliment. And so I started thinking yesterday morning about this as I was, Vinny and I were getting ready for school and I was in the shower and like, we all do our best thinking in the shower. Does anyone else have this? Like I can get lost in like the most magnificent thoughts in the shower. 
And then I'm like, I have to go write them down right away because I don't want to forget them, which is totally what happened yesterday. So I got out of the shower, took Vinny to school, and I had to go somewhere else. I don't remember. We had another appointment or something. I was like all morning, like just taking notes in my head about like, what is a nasty woman? What does a nasty woman stand for? Like, I need to really dive into this. So then I came home midday and I wrote the nasty woman manifesto. And it was so powerful for me. And it was like, here's the culmination of my week between standing up to someone who was denouncing women on Facebook and someone who was dismissing victims of sexual assault to standing up to someone being dismissive of my son and his his situation, his anxiety, his fear. This is what a nasty woman stands for. So this is the nasty woman manifesto. There's 15 points to the manifesto. You can change it. You can alter it. You can make your own. You could add to mine. You can take things out, like whatever. You should have your own nasty woman manifesto though. Here's what mine says. Number one, stand for women. Number two, stand for children. Number three, stand up to bullies. Number four, take the high road. Number five, where there is not a path, create one. Number six, when you listen, truly hear. Number seven, share. Number eight, fight for the underdog. Number nine, don't back down. Number 10, work for the greater good. Number 11, connect. Number 12, do not fear your enemy. Number 13, challenge the status quo. Number 14, empower the powerless. And number 15, pay your fair share. So I wrote that and I'm like, wow, like now I have something to live by. Like when I feel questioned about like, should I say something? Should I not? I can just go to this and be like, yes, like this is what I do. I fight for the underdog. I don't back down. I work for the greater good. I'm not fearful of my enemy. I challenge the status quo. I empower the powerless. Like this is what I want to do. So you might not be as passionate about this as I am because I'm pretty freaking pumped up about it, but it's important to know, you know, I did a whole episode around the time of the Orlando shootings about know what you stand for. And it's so important to know what you stand for because there are these moments when things are called into question and you have to know where you stand. You have to be able to present yourself in a way where you can say like, this is what I'm saying and I'm going to stand by it. And this is why I'm saying it. And here's how it relates back to like who I am as a person, where I stand in integrity, how I stand as a person of character, how I stand as a role model to my child or my children. So you have to know all those things. And it's a big responsibility, right? Are you feeling overwhelmed right now? Like As I'm saying this, I'm like, this is such a big deal. But it is such a big deal because when you know where you stand, when you have this like manifesto backing you and you know your core philosophy as a woman in the world or as a mother in the world, it makes it a lot easier to make decisions and it makes it a lot easier to know what direction to go, to know which path to take or to create your own path if there isn't a path that's appropriate for you or your family right now. So I think there's a lot of power in identifying some of these things for yourself. So for me to sit down and do this, I felt like it was so cathartic and it felt me like really feel like I was getting to why this week has been significant to me and what really stood out to me and why like want to fight the good fight. It also really helped me narrow down like what I do with women in this world is such a significant part of who I am. I can't let go of that. Like no matter what I do, no matter where I go, no matter what course my life takes, I will always stand for women. And I will always stand for women to the extent that I will be unpopular, that I will like open myself up to being attacked, that I will open myself up to other people, you know, doubting me, questioning me. That's just who I am. That's part of my passion in this world. And that's part of my plight in the world. 
So I know that now, like it's really clear. It's really crystal clear. It's really easy for me to move on now. I can move past the Facebook thing. I can move past the ballet thing. I can know that like, okay, I'm good. I understand why I felt like I did in those moments this week. And I know where I need to go for my next steps. I know what, how I want to conduct myself moving forward. And I know why it was so important to me in both of those situations to say the things that I said and why I will stand by, I do stand by them and I will continue to stand by them if they're called into question, if either of these issues become more ongoing than they've already been. So that's what I wanted to share. That's in that Facebook Live video yesterday. That's what kind of the full story of what I was alluding to in the two events this week that just really kind of rocked me to my core, but also turned out to be in the long run, really positive experiences. And this is what I will say for those of you who maybe like me struggle with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has done some amazing things for our society because he has women and men talking about things that we have not formally talked about on a very large scale. So we're talking about consent. We're talking about boundaries. We're talking about women's rights. We're talking about equality. We're talking about a lot of things, especially as they relate to women, that we haven't talked about on this scale before. And so I have zero respect for Trump as a person, and I that will not change. But I'm grateful for the conversations that are coming out of the things that he says and the things that he does, because I think that there is a lot of value to these kinds of conversations and so much awareness. Like I know that the conversation that I'm going to have with my child about physical boundaries is going to be different because there's such heightened awareness now about how many women are impacted by not having their boundaries respected. Like before the, all of this, it was like, oh, like, you know, one in five or one in six women like experience sexual assault. Now we know that it's more like one in two or one in three. And we know that almost 100% of women have encountered some sort of situation of harassment. So regardless if it was a subtle comment, someone physically touching them in an appropriate way, or if it was all the way to like a full-scale sexual assault situation, we know that this happens to almost every single woman. It would be hard for you to find a woman who has not been impacted by some level of harassment or unfair treatment or uncomfortable treatment or inappropriate boundaries, inappropriate touch, lack of consent by a male. I think that's really important for us to know. Our conversations with our children moving forward will be very different when it comes to that territory. And I think that is a huge gift. This will save and help a lot of people. So that doesn't change my opinion on Trump, but it allows me to see a silver lining. I think that that's a big silver lining. So my assignment for you I want you to go over to shamelessmom.com, go to episode 69, and check out the Nasty Woman Manifesto. Let me know what you think about it and edit it. Like, I want to see your version. If you want to take some of mine out or reword it or start from scratch, or if you want to just add a few more things, I've already had some suggestions of things. People are like, oh yeah, and you forgot this and you forgot that. Like, yes, I love that. Let's make it longer. We could have like a 100 point manifesto, like totally up for that. So go over, check out the Nasty Woman Manifesto. Let me know what you would add to it. I would love to hear from you. So you can go to shamelessmom.com over at episode 69. You will find the Nasty Woman Manifesto. And then you can reach out to me at info at shamelessmom.com. And I would love to hear what you have to say, what you'd want to add, or how just this episode impacted you and where you're standing on all of this. So thank you for listening. If this episode has been impactful for you or inspirational to you, if this touched on a nerve with you, I would love for you to share it. So you can share this episode by going to shamelessmom.com. If you click on episode 69, you'll get the episode link and then you can share that out via email, via social media platforms. 
You can also go to Facebook or Instagram where you will find these episodes posted there as well and you can share them directly from those platforms. So I think this is an important conversation. I hope that it was meaningful to you and helpful to you. And from today, I hope that we can move forward in a bolder way, in a stronger way, in a more empowered way so that we really continue to identify what we stand for and why we can say the things that need to be said and stand up for those things and really defend our ground. So with that, I want you to show me or send me your nasty woman manifesto. And then I want you to remember, no matter what you do today, you can and should do it shamelessly. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.